Welcome to Surrogacy Talk with me, your fabulous host and family building expert, Frank Golden. I'll be talking about surrogacy, IVF, and making babies. Welcome back, everyone. Today we have a very special guest um, here in the studio, um, Kelly Dell Valley of Fertility Centers of Illinois here in Chicago. She is um, a third-party reproductive coordinator. Good morning, Kelly. Morning. We are super excited to have you today in the studio. Um, you know, we work heavily with Fertility Centers of Illinois. Um, we've managed many cases, um, you know, to help create life and to help create families. And we're really excited that we could have um, a member of the collaborative reproduction team here in our oh, studio I'm today. To be here. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try to not do so much talking today because it's really about you and your <laughs> nurse coordinator role. Um, I'm always talking to intended parents and surrogates. It's about how important it is that the nurse coordinators at the fertility clinic are organized and on point and how we have a really great relationship with them. So um, without further ado, um, you can kind of introduce yourself, talk about your education, how long you've been with Fertility Centers of Illinois. Okay, so my name is Kelly Dovalli, and um, I am a nurse in third-party reproduction. Um, I got my bachelor's of nursing at the University of Illinois in Champaign. I've been with Fertility Centers of Illinois for about two years. And before that, I worked at Northwestern. I love third-party reproduction. I love infertility. It's so interesting and fascinating, and what we do is very, very cool. Um, I don't know. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what what kind of got you into, you know, working for a fertility clinic, kind of going in this direction? Yeah, um, well, I definitely always knew that I was passionate about women's health. Um, I just kind of loved women and babies and that whole thing. So um, I knew I wanted to go into that realm, but um, I was always fascinated by infertility and the crazy changes that were being made, you know, within my lifetime and within, you know, the past decade um, specifically. So I definitely wanted to go um, in that direction and kind of just learn a little bit more about it. So I got a part-time job while I was still at Northwestern um, with a really, really small infertility clinic to kind of just get my feet wet and see um, what it was all about. And I loved it, so um, I ended up making that my full-time career choice and moved to Fertility Centers of Illinois, which is a much bigger practice. Um, We have locations all around the um, suburbs of Chicago um, and many, many physicians um, within our practice. So um, I just think that what keeps drawing me to it is the constant changes that are being made and really, as cliche as it probably sounds, the great impact we get to have on people's lives. you know, the struggle to have a baby is, I'm probably preaching to the choir on this podcast, but it's really, really difficult. And um, anything that I can do to make that better for them um, and then get them a baby is why I stay. (laughs) That's fantastic. And you know, that's why we do what we do as well. Absolutely. Um, So talk to us a little bit about FCI, you know, the services that they offer and the type of specific work that you do there. Yeah. So FCI is great. Um, So we have, we're really, really lucky to have an entire department devoted to third-party reproduction. Um, So we work, um, we've kind of split it into two teams, but we all work um, as one third-party team together. But the two sectors, of our team are um, people who deal, nurses who deal with egg donors and recipients, and um, nurses who deal with surrogates and intended parents. 
Now, I know that you guys are all probably familiar with sometimes you need an egg donor and a surrogate or an egg donor, sperm donor, and a surrogate or all the combination of those. So we kind of, um, you know, go at it all as a team and we have a lot of coverage um, for to make sure that you always have, you know, assistance at all times, all days, um, so we can really help you out. Um, we offer all of our, we screen all of our um, surrogates at FCI. We have a psychologist on site, which can provide psychological counseling, um, which is awesome for both intended parents and the surrogates. That's actually mandatory for um, if you're a surrogate in the state of Illinois for legal. We also have a lot of different physicians that we work with, um, which gives a lot of flexibility, I guess, to the intended parent um, to kind of find a physician that they're most comfortable with, protocol that they're most comfortable with, and um, I don't know, we're really, we're good at um, tailoring treatment plans to the individual, both surrogate and intended parent. We treat both um, incredibly well, in my opinion. (laughs) And you touched base on, you know, a really good uh, point, Uh, FCI, or for people listening, uh, we'll refer to it as FCI because that's, we're just used to it. Um, But Fertility Centers of Illinois, I'm always, you know, informing our intended parents that not all fertility clinics are created equal. And so Golden Surrogacy prefers to work with fertility clinics such as FCI because you do have those two units that are tailored towards the egg donor piece and the surrogate side of things. Um, and you have an entire team dedicated to onboarding surrogates. You have the psychological evaluation built into the program. Um, and so when we have prospective intended parents reach out to us and they're, you know, maybe inquiring about XYZ fertility clinic, I always bring up that very valid point that you just talked about. Yeah, I think that it's um, in what I've been hearing is it's a lot of people's fears that either their surrogate or themselves as the intended parent can fall through the cracks um, throughout the process. You know, there's a lot of people to inform after monitoring appointments or after pre-screening when you have, you know, both intended parents, the surrogate, possibly the egg donor. Um, so I would assure you that um, FCI does a really good job at not letting that happen. We are constantly in touch with the intended parents when, you know, the surrogate does absolutely anything we let let, goes to the bathroom I don't know we let the intended (laughs) parents know so they're really informed which is great so one question I have for you is um how does the um the relationship between the surrogacy agency and the nurse coordinators impact the overall success of a surrogacy journey in your opinion um I think it's a very important relationship um the nurse needs to be able to trust that the agency is going to you know present a candidate that is has all the requirements um we need their prenatal um and delivery reports from all um previous pregnancies as well as some other things a pap smear medical clearance etc and um it's important that the nurse you know has a good relationship with the agency to be able to say you know this isn't just wasting my time. This is a, you know, complete match. This is a person that's going to be able to move forward because I know that the intended parents on the other side of that thinking that they have this match going. And if, you know, this surrogate has not had, you know, what our requirements are, such as she's had, you know, more than six deliveries, that's one of, you know, our guidelines, um, I would have to deny the surrogate, which is really hard for me to do because I know that the intended parents probably get their hopes up. But also, I think the um, agency 
needs to trust the nurse as well and we need to be in constant communication. Open communication is huge to me because I need to be able to say, you know, hey, did you, you know, have the pap smear? And then the agency will be able to, you know, know what I'm talking about, know who I'm talking about and be able to, you know, tell me what they need from me and vice versa. And I like the fact that, um, you know, when we first started working with FCI, um, the nurse coordinator sent us the surrogate requirement list and said, these mm-hmm. are the things that we look for and please be sure to include all of this documentation when you send us her profile and all of her workup and exams and health history and things like that. So, Absolutely. you know, from an agency perspective, I really appreciate the fact that FCI goes above and beyond and the nurse coordinators really communicate that to the agencies to ensure that everything on the checklist is really met. Yeah, we try to make it as easy as possible just because you don't want to, you know, get to transfer time and then be like, wait, oops, we, we didn't do this or we got to change this and then, you know, prolong. I know time is of the essence most in all situations everybody wants a baby as soon as possible so we try to make it as seamless as possible (laughs) i think you talked about it but what would you say is your um you know most satisfying thing about what you do and then maybe the least satisfying thing about what you do um the most satisfying thing is definitely telling people that they're pregnant um i you get you get to make those calls i do i do i actually made six of them yesterday oh my goodness (laughs) that's so exciting yeah it's it's so 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 great um you know you just can't even describe it but I like to um personally I call the surrogate first and then I allow the surrogate to make the call to the intended parent um just because I think that the bond between a surrogate and an intended parent is you know beyond words it's so so important and that's such a big deal. So I'd want her to tell them if they feel comfortable. If they don't, then of course I'll call. But then I always call like in five minutes and I'm like, what? Oh my God, this is so exciting. (laughs) You know? So um, definitely the most satisfying thing is, you know, especially when you work with a certain couple and go through so many transfers and a few egg retrievals and, you know, they just go through the ringer and then that final phone call that they're pregnant is, is awesome. Um, and as cliche as I'm sounding, um, the definitely least satisfying part is when people are not pregnant. Um, but I just think that that's, um, it's a terrible phone call to make. It's especially when there's no more embryos left. I mean, ugh, that just, it hurts to make that phone call. But I think that it's just, uh, you know, window for opportunity. It's how can we change? How can we go forward? Where can we start? What can I provide to you that you didn't have in a previous cycle that we can get things going, get things off the ground as soon as possible? So there's an there's a silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> and for people listening, you can't tell this because you can't see Kelly, but she is very animated and passionate about everything she's talking about right now. And I can tell that, you know, from the intended parent side of things, I would be really happy to know that I had a case coordinator, a nurse coordinator on that side, on the medical side, managing my case. So I think it's really great that you have that compassion and that energy, and you're really, you know, excited about that. Thank you. Um, so moving back to the surrogacy side of things, mm-hmm. what are, you know, some uh, some things that you would like to tell intended parents in terms of, you know, choosing the right fertility clinic, choosing the right surrogacy agency, choosing the right surrogate? I think that I would definitely just want to emphasize um, it's extremely important to find the correct surrogate. This isn't somebody that's going to be in your life for nine months and then you're never going to speak to again. This is, I mean, if that's your agreement, that's your agreement, fine. But this is a really important person to your life. And even if you don't even speak to her, she's still somebody that's going to be, you know, the person who, you know, held your child for nine months and birthed it. So very important. And that being said, 
don't rush the process. Do not say, you know, you need to have a surrogate by Tuesday, so this is going to be your girl. That is not a good way to go about it because trust the process. Everything happens for a reason, and, you know, you're going to find the correct one for you. Don't let time kind of rush you through that. Surrogacy agency, other than choosing golden surrogacy, of course. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I would just definitely look into um, an agency that really cares. I mean, you want to know that you have as many advocates as possible in this process because, you know, some of the things are out of your control, unfortunately. So you need to know that everybody's on your side. Um, FCI has a whole team of nurses and physicians on your side. You want the same from your agency. You want them to know that you want to know that they are going deeper and, you know, actually researching these girls and making sure that, you know, they're great candidates for you. Do you have any tips for um – or words of advice for surrogates? Asking questions um, is definitely my biggest advice. It's just because you've been pregnant before as a surrogate doesn't mean you know about surrogacy, and that's okay. You don't need to know about that. The pregnancy part is the part you've been through before. It's leading up the medications, the schedule. It's so confusing. Understanding why you're on estrogen, understanding why you're on progesterone, like, those are all answers that I have and I would love to share with you, but I understand that they're very overwhelming and you might be very overwhelmed by all the information I'm providing. So when you come to and realize like, oh, wait, I actually don't understand this, ask because that's going to make your cycle much more effective. And how many, um, you probably don't know, maybe off the top of your head, but maybe just like a rough number of how many cases are you personally responsible for at any one given time? Like, is your job like you're just go, go, go? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kind of. Um, But I actually counted my cases right before I came here because I saw um, that that was going to be a question. Um, And right now, um, which is pretty normal time, um, I would actually say right now is like a little bit of a slower time. We definitely pick up around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm personally dealing with about 62 cases. Um, wow. That is intended parents and surrogates as well, depending on where they're at in the process. That is just incredible. Yeah, That's it's a lot. so many cases. <laughs> I guess the, the upside to that is for all of the, you know, possibly negative news that you have to provide, you have, you know, a fountain of Absolutely positive pregnancies positive. to kind of counterbalance that because it must be just such an emotional job having to make those calls. Yeah, they have said that, I guess, an infertility nurse is only um, second burnout rate next to oncology nursing. Uh-huh. Um, so I do get that a lot of people do feel, you know, that emotion um, and that, you know, tie to it and everything. But I don't, I just love it. I don't know. <laughs> like, how, how do you feel two years in at FCI? Are you, I love it. Yeah. I'm not burnt out at all. I think that, you know, it definitely helps having the great team that I do have behind me. Um, you know, I've only been there for two years, like I said, but um, I work amongst my colleagues who have been there for, you know, five years, nine years, um, more than that. So they know, you know, vo- so much knowledge. So I am so thankful to have their, you know, opinions and their, you know, knowledge right behind me to kind of just tell me what to do. So I never kind of feel in a bind where I'm burnt out because just nothing I'm doing is working. There's always window for opportunity for change. Do you have um, Do you have any other career ambitions in the future? Like where do you see yourself, you know, in five years, 10 years? Yeah, well, I um, am actually in the process of getting my master's. Um, so hopefully I want to work in infertility forever, absolutely. Um, but I would love to be a nurse practitioner role in 
infertility so I can kind of have even more of um, autonomy in treatment plans and yeah, if you, if you could describe what are the differences between, um, you know, a third-party reproductive nurse coordinator such as yourself and then a, a nurse practitioner, what would be the main differences yeah, there? Yeah, so um, actually every practice is a little bit different with the role of a nurse practitioner, but um, with our, like, we have actually a nurse practitioner, or um, she's actually a midwife that works at FCI now, who does all of our physicals for our donor candidates and things like that. Um, hopefully in the future, we will have somebody to be able to do salines um, for our surrogates, but that's in the future. Um, a doctor or a nurse practitioner um, versus a nursing role like myself kind of can um, create protocols for the unique candidates so they're able to you know say how much estrogen that a surrogate would need or progesterone a surrogate would need based on her um, specific lab values and um, saline ultrasound and other things that play into it whereas as a nurse I go to the doctor um, in our in our practice because we don't have um, nurse practitioners in this role at this time but I would go to the physician to ask for a protocol and then I would run the treatment cycle if that makes sense (laughs) no that's amazing thank you for breaking that down for us Mm -hmm. and you know as you were speaking I just came up with another question that while we have you here Mm -hmm. um, if you could you know explain to our surrogates and you know intended parents too who are interested why does um, why would a medical or medication protocol vary from clinic to clinic, doctor to doctor, and what, you know, why would it vary between surrogate? Yeah, um, a lot of it is doctor preference, um, doctor experience. Um, so things that work for some doctors, other doctors don't believe in. Um, that's just why you get second opinions for things. I guess that's a typical mentality amongst physicians. Um, but we definitely do base it off of um, you know, the surrogate's history. So if we have a surrogate candidate that's going to come back to us that has cycled before and had a protocol that was not successful, we're going to look into what her lining was um, after seven days of estrogen exposure, um, what her lining was after 14 days of estrogen exposure. Was that lining thick enough? Was it too thick? If so, how can we change and titrate that amount of estrogen that she's exposed to? We're going to see how many days of progesterone she needs to be exposed to. It's typical that you would want to be on progesterone for about five days prior to transfer. However, we know now through what is becoming more popular, um, it's called an ERA biopsy. It's um, a process where you can biopsy the endometrial tissue and actually be able to tell how many days of progesterone from that sample a candidate would need to be exposed to to have the most optimal time for implantation. So that's new and that's crazy cool because that causes your implantation rates to skyrocket. Um, because you know it's it's customary that we would provide five days of progesterone, but that's not true for all people across the board. It just depends on how your body naturally works um, and how your own menstrual cycle works. So mostly Thank based you. on history. <laughs> That's like a little too much detail, so I don't like memorize any of that. But <laughs> No, I, I think it's, it's really great and helpful um, information. We have surrogates that, you know, maybe they were a surrogate before at a different fertility clinic. We match them with someone, um, you know, utilizing a different reproductive endocrinologist who has their own protocol, and they always ask, well, this other protocol worked for me at the other fertility clinic. Why can't I do the same thing that worked for me last time? And then we try to explain just that, that it yeah. really varies based on what – that doctor has seen to be successful for them. Mm-hmm. 
so that's great. Thank you for kind of breaking yeah, that down. No now they problem. know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, things can change. Absolutely. Um, so do you have any other, um, I don't know, miscellaneous words of advice for surrogates, intended parents, or anything just in general, industry related? Definitely. I kind of touched on it already, but to just trust the process um, as hard as it might be. Um, you know, every single day I get in touch with new intended parents that come to me in various states of grief that they, you know, wanted to be pregnant three years ago or, you know, six months ago or whatever it, it could be. And I completely understand that um, by the time that they get to me, it's quite possible that their plan has not gone as they saw it in life. Um, but it's okay. And, you know, all families are families. They just take different ways to get there sometimes. So we will get you to your family. Um, I have confidence in that. And I would just want them, I would want everyone to feel confident. So that would be my advice is just feel confident in the process. Understand that you have advocates around you, your agency, your clinic, your physicians, everybody. Um, we're all there to support you. So That's great. And um, thank you so much for being with yeah. us here this morning. Um, for everyone listening, again, um, we had Kelly Del Valley here in the studio with us today um, from Fertility Centers of Illinois. Um, as you can tell, they have a very bright and energetic and, and passionate <laughs> staff such as Kelly. They do a fantastic job, um, and we refer to them all the time, and we love managing cases with them because of a lot of the points that you talked about today. Thank you. Um, so, again, thank you. Um, thank you to Kelly, and thank you to Fertility Centers of Illinois for, you know, agreeing to have you with us today. We're, you know, ecstatic. Um <laughs> And for everyone else listening out there, um, if you're a doctor in the field or you're an attorney or if you're somehow related to the industry in any other way and you'd like to be on our podcast, please reach out um, at info at goldensurrogacy.com and you can follow us at all of our handles on Facebook and Twitter at Golden Surrogacy. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this podcast segment. This is Frank Golden reminding you that everyone deserves a family.